welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to I See You. This is episode 41, If Your Kid is Hard. Today, we're going to be talking about being seen as a mom and a dad. First of all, I'm a mom and I need to hear all of this. And being a mom of a difficult child, this episode really could not be more timely for me right now. I feel like I've been in a mom funk and I've been struggling with motherhood and the challenges that come with my children in their different stages. So I'm excited because I really know that after this episode, it's going to help me enjoy motherhood more. Some days I think motherhood can just feel like Groundhog's Day, where we wake up and we do the same thing over and over again. Have you seen the Groundhog's Day video? Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. I have. Okay. I have. I love that movie, actually. <laughs> it's so good with Bill Murray, right? Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can feel that way where you wake up and you're like, here we are again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited today to learn from our guest Chantelle Allen. She is a life coach and also the host of the Find Your Beautiful You podcast. First off, we're going to do the review for this week. It is called Beautiful and Authentic, and it's five stars, and it is from capital R-D in capital A-F. I love this podcast. I've been binge listening since I found it a few weeks ago. I love how Julie connects with her guests. She listens and they are able to really open up and be seen. I feel myself seeing people differently. What a beautiful gift. Thank you, Julie. I wish I knew you in real life so we could be friends. We can be real friends. That's my, that's my message to you. I love to be friends with everybody. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's go ahead and turn over to the bulk of this podcast, which is to just pick your brain, Chantal Allen. We are so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I am a mom of four kids, and those kids are very close in age. I have my oldest, which is 12, and then my youngest is eight. So I had four kids in just a little bit over four years, which has been a challenge, but also amazing at the same time. That's kind of what spurred (laughs) this whole topic too, is because this is something I live every single day. I live in a small town called Thatcher in Arizona. It's about three hours east of Phoenix, but I grew up in Phoenix. I actually made my way down here to Thatcher because my husband is from here and you always end up where your husband wants to go, right? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I'm the oldest of seven in my family. And so I've always been around kids. I've always loved it. And I just finished about a year and a half ago teaching preschool for nine years. And so that's what I used to do before this. So I have just a passion for teaching, a passion for helping others. The life coaching was the next step, the next best thing for me. Super cool. You talked about how your kids are kind of what brought you to this point. You've told me just a little bit about your personal story, which is pretty amazing. What made you decide to become a life coach? I have kind of an interesting backstory. About five years ago, actually this year, I was teaching preschool out of my home and I was also cleaning the school. There's a local school here. So I was doing a lot of stuff part-time. I was a busybody. I was a church teacher with my husband and I didn't notice anything being wrong. I felt like I was on top of my game. And you know, there was like the normal pressures of money and finances and family stress, but nothing that I felt was out of my control. I enjoyed being busy. I enjoyed big projects. But there was this one Sunday that I was in church and I was about to go teach our little class. I stood up to go walk out and I felt like something was wrong and I fainted. But I came to pretty quickly and everyone around me came to my aid super quick. They were you know, trying to figure out what was going on and they thought it was just blood sugar. Thankfully, 
there was somebody in the church at the time that happened to be a nurse and she was just visiting and was able to start helping me because as they were taking me outside of this little classroom, I started having grand mal seizures. They didn't stop. They kept happening one after the other after the other. And there happened to also be somebody else in the church building that was a flight medic who had a flight bag in his bag and was able to come in and give me an IV. But it was the craziest experience because having seizures is an out-of-body experience. You can experience everything around you, but you have absolutely no control. And that continued to happen for about 24 hours. They took me to my local hospital, but we live in a small town. They didn't have the means to help me. They airbacked me over to Phoenix. They thought I had an aneurysm. They thought I had a tumor. I mean, they were just trying to grasp as to why I was having nonstop seizures. And they ran all of these tests and everything came back normal. And for most people, that would be, oh, that's amazing. You know, that's great. Everything is totally fine. But for me, I think what it left me with is like, okay, so what? What does that mean? So they did eventually come back and say, well, it was stress seizures, stress-induced seizures, meaning I was not coping with my emotions or my stress in a good enough way. So my body took matters into its own hands and gave me a wake-up call. You got to change something. And that's what they told me. You need to figure out something different. You need to go figure out how to handle your stress different. Because if you don't, more than likely you're going to have a heart attack or you're going to have seizures again. But they couldn't tell me exactly what it was, you know, that was stressing me out. So if you can imagine being in that position, it's like, okay, go figure out what's causing you stress when I honestly didn't think I was stressed at the time. That was that. So I had to come home and try and figure that out. And at the same time, my son was in third grade. He's always been a super big, huge perfectionist, high anxiety, super difficult with his emotions. And I had gone home and I was talking to his teacher at parent-teacher conference. And she basically said, if you don't give this kid help, he's not going to make it in the academic world. He is brilliant, but he stops himself with testing and like he'll look at a test and immediately freak out that he's not going to get everything perfect. Right. So we started doing searching for him at the same time that I was going through my journey. We took him to a therapist. We did all of those things. And I love therapy and that's the perfect thing for some people. But for him, I needed him to have the tools to be able to take him further on. I needed him to have some coping mechanisms to be able to help him. Yeah. And he wasn't getting those from therapy? He was getting a little bit of help. I'm not saying that it didn't help him all the way, but there was nothing to help him in the moment. Like they kept, you know, they wanted him to kind of look and see what was causing it in the past. Mm. So he didn't have anything to help him in the moment when he was feeling that anxiety to understand what do I do with this? How do I handle this in the moment? So I had located and found Jodi Moore. I don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with her, but... I'm sure they are. (laughs) Yeah, she's amazing. She has a podcast and it's more for moms, but I had been listening to it and I started seeing some relief for myself and started using the tools. I gave this to my kid, my son, who was, I think, seven at the time. And if this doesn't tell you how amazing these tools are, I gave it to him and he started seeing and understanding stuff. It was just a huge light bulb for me and for my family. Like, oh my gosh, this is everything. Like if we can learn how to handle our emotions, everybody needs to hear this. So that started my journey. Jody Moore ended up being my mentor at the Life Coach School and I became a life coach from that point. So I just want to help everybody get this work because I think everybody could benefit from it. Well, and it's changed your life. It's truly Oh, it totally has. That's amazing. Can you talk a little bit about your son struggling? What are some challenges in general that come from having a kid who struggles? All of ours do at different points, but I feel like there are some kids that at a young age have some pretty heavy struggles. What are some challenges that come with that? I have one that I will say is a struggling child, my son who struggles with anxiety. And then I have what another one, a lot of people would categorize as a emotional child is a little bit more defiant in her behavior. So a lot of us can figure out there's 
one child that's like this and maybe there's another child like this, that sometimes alone is difficult because they aren't the same struggles. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how do I help my kid over here who has anxiety? How do I help my kid over here who's defiant? That alone can bring up a lot of insecurities. There's two things that I notice when it comes to a challenging child or a challenge with a child is we make it mean something about us, that we're doing something wrong. Why can't I find relief for them? And we start to make it mean we're doing something not right. We're failing at this thing. That's the first thing that I always think is a huge challenge. Second is we think there's a perfect answer. We need to go find the perfect podcast or we need to go find the perfect parenting hack to be able to handle these different situations in our lives. And if we don't find it, we're just going to live with this forever. We're never going to be able to enjoy motherhood until our child changes or we figure out that hack. So I think both of those are some of the big struggles that we have with difficult or struggling children. And did you yourself feel that? 100%. Yeah. My one son that is struggling with his anxiety, I have a different connection with him. I feel like, oh my gosh, empathy, because I've been there, done that. Then I struggle with my connection with my daughter, who's a little bit more defiant. I feel guilty for not having that connection with her because I feel not as strong of a relationship with her as I do my other kids. There's challenges on every front with these different difficult children. I want to talk about one of the most important things we need to do, especially when things are difficult, but we do not often do. And that is, how can you bring compassion to yourself while dealing with a difficult child? Finding compassion in the moment is probably the last thing that we want to think about. But first and foremost, I think it's so important for us to stop beating ourselves up because mm-hmm. we think feeling horrible about you know, how we're behaving or what we're doing is going to motivate us to change, but it doesn't work that way. Fear may create that temporary change, but ultimately it just sets us back even further in motherhood. And when it's you against you, there's no way that you can win. We need to think I'm doing this thing right because ultimately you are. We are not failing at this thing. We aren't. We are doing the best that we can. You are giving your kids the perfect experience that they need to have here on this earth. And when we start to second guess ourselves, that's where all the struggles are. We just need to start having that compassion for ourselves that this is perfect. Everything that is happening with your child, whatever struggle it is, whatever is going on for them is perfect for them. And how you are handling it is perfect for your child and for yourself in that moment. Okay. So I have some questions about that. What if you make a mistake and you know it's a mistake and you still categorize that as this is the perfect experience for my child when you have knowingly made a mistake? Of course, because is anybody perfect? No. No. Who has ever said what perfect even looks like? We have set our own expectations. So a mistake to you may look like something completely different to another mom. That mistake however you want to define it, could actually be a blessing for your child in the long run. If we think, oh, I made a mistake, I'm horrible, I shouldn't have done that, then that just compounds the effect. You put yourself down, then you show up that way. You are frustrated, you're angry, you shame, you guilt yourself. And if you think about how those emotions make you show up, then of course you're not going to be living up to being the mom that you want to be for your kids. What if you hit your kid? I think most of us would agree that's not a good thing to do. Would you still stand by everything you say? For sure. Because I had a client actually a couple of weeks ago talk about abuse. She was abused as a child. And it's not that we're saying, oh, great, go ahead and go hit your kid. Or, you know, that's fantastic experience that you got to go through. But what can you learn from that experience? So even as a mom, if you do a mistake and you lash out at your child on accident or even on purpose, the reality is that happened. Now, what do you want to do with that experience? 
Do you want to learn from it and move on? Or do you want to sit there and beat yourself up over it in the process of it? It doesn't benefit you to sit there and beat yourself up and say, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom ever for just doing this. But what can you do now with that information? It's like a perfect learning school, right? Right. I have this belief, and this is an analogy I use a lot with my clients, is that our kids and us are down here on this earth going through different classes. We are put into different situations for our benefit. Maybe your class as a kid is that you were in an abusive relationship with your parents. That was a class that made you get ready for the degree that you are getting part of in your adulthood. Now, if we had changed that, then your whole path would be completely different. I believe even as a mom, you are part of your kid's class. The experiences that they go through, the struggles and the imperfections that you are, are making them a better child later on down the road. doesn't mean we don't want to be better. It doesn't mean that when we make mistakes, we don't want to be like, you know what? I made a mistake. I want to be better. But it's also not being like, I'm ruining my child. Which is where we go sometimes, right? I think all of us do. Yeah. And what would you say to, if someone then says, well, what's the motivation to be better then? What's the motivation to not just give in to instinct and just call that, well, this is my kid's class and they're learning. What would you say to that? Well, I think it's always aligning with who you want to be. My motivation is just to be the best mom that I can be. Now, if I'm hitting my kid, is that me aligning with that value for myself? For me, no. And I can't speak for everybody, but More than likely, if I was to talk to you and find out what your value is, you would probably align with the same amount of values. Like, I want to love my kids. I want to show up in this certain way. You hitting your kids and then also showing up in that certain way don't align. You always want to be motivated by who you truly are and the mom that you do want to show up and to be. Yeah. And I can see how then belief systems kind of get interwoven in that, right? That goes back to your core beliefs about who you believe you are, who you're meant to be, why you're here, all of those things. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Okay. This is good. You talk about fainting in church. You talk about having panic attacks, seizures. Did you say panic attacks or just seizures? It was seizures, but yeah, I've had those too. So yeah. (laughs) How have those experiences given you empathy for other moms who struggle? I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Sometimes we feel like we're the only ones. We're the only ones that understand this, or you don't understand the struggles that I've had with my kid, or my kid's just different than everybody else's. And I think coming from this experience, and then also just having the ability to talk to so many other moms, there is this camaraderie that happens. You're not alone. You thinking that you're the only one going through this experience is what's holding you back. Once you start to understand, no, this is so common that we all are struggling with difficult children, then it's like, okay, I can handle this. I can move forward with this. This doesn't mean anything about me. This is normal for us to all have this kind of an experience. That goes in line so much with what we talk about in this podcast, which is that isolation is disconnection. And that's the fastest way to unhealthy thoughts, to unhealthy patterns, to addictions, everything. But when we reach out and we have other people to talk to and to normalize our experiences, it takes the power away from those negative thoughts. I love what you said. We'll never win against ourselves when it's us against us, something like that. What did you mean by that? Because I loved that. We have our human brain that's going to always give us what I call the human thoughts. That's our primitive brain that's trying to keep you safe, is trying to keep you from using too much energy. So it's going to try and give you those negative thoughts, which it's thinking, oh, I'm just going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep you from doing something that's scary. You saying that you're not good enough is just trying to keep you exactly where you are. You having your primitive brain, your normal human brain, is you fighting against your subconscious brain, which is you understanding that, yeah, that's not right. I'm sure we all understand we have those fights, those inner struggles sometimes, like, I'm doing the best that I can. No, you're not. We cope back and forth like that. Yeah. So that's that inner battle of like, you need to win against yourself sometimes and just understand that you're doing the best that you can, truly. 
This is the part I'm most excited about. What are some specific tools that moms listening can use to see themselves more compassionately? This is where I'm excited about concrete tools. Yeah. I use a lot of tools with my coaching clients because I think the more tools that you can have in your belt, the more that you can use them in the different situations that you're going through. These are tools you use as well, right? In your own life. Yes. One that I always want to start off with, there's this thing called a thought download. And this thought download is basically you just grabbing a piece of paper and you just start writing. Now, if you're in the middle of a situation, this might be a little bit difficult. So you can do this after the fact, but you can just write down all of the emotions, all of the thoughts. And I always say like, get ugly on it, you know, write bullet points, write full sentences. Don't worry about what's coming out. Don't judge yourself. You just want to watch what's coming out. You can choose to keep that piece of paper afterwards or you can choose to throw it away. But there is such a power in releasing all of those thoughts out of your brain onto a piece of paper because they're in your brain anyways. So you might as well take a look at it and see what's going on from you. I call it like the Marie Kondo effect. It's on Netflix. It's awesome. And you but, can binge watch it in like an afternoon, I promise. And then it makes you want to go clean. Yeah. Basically, she's a Japanese lady that goes into people's homes and cleans out of their homes and puts everything into this huge big pile to see what's going on inside their house. And then one by one goes through and decides, okay, do you want to keep this? Do you not? And everybody's always so surprised by everything that's inside of their house. Like, oh my gosh, there's things they've forgotten about. I didn't know I was still holding on to that. And I didn't know that was still inside there. So a thought download is the Marie Kondo of your brain. It's just you dumping everything out onto a piece of paper so you can look at it. Because so many times there's little thoughts that we didn't even know that we were thinking. You need to do that for yourself and kind of release all of those thoughts. And then you can take a look and be like, hey, that's interesting. I'm thinking that thought. Why? And then you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first tool that I absolutely love to do. And that's for everything. Like I love to do a thought download once a day. Just kind of cleans out my, my brain so that I can be present as a mom. The second one is just this thing called the five minutes, how to feel better. And this is one that I love to use, especially if I have kind of lost my cool with my kids or it's kind of gotten a little bit frustrating because even with all these tools, I'm still human. I still have my faults. I still lose my cool with my kids. Now I just have these tools to be able to kind of help me out after the fact and not let it hold me down for the rest of the day or for a couple of days, which is what I used to do. I used to beat myself up for a long time and spin out it's giving you a chance to breathe. Before, I would beat myself up over this. And now I can take a step back, kind of see what's going on for myself. And that's just checking in to see what I'm feeling. That might be recognizing its anger, might be its frustration, and then checking in, where am I feeling it? This is always so interesting, especially if you've never done this before, because so many times we're like, it just feels horrible. I just, I just don't like this feeling. And we may not even be able to name it because we've never been very good about naming our emotions because no one's taught us about our emotions. And so this is a huge practice. I even have all my clients teach their kids because if we can teach our kids this stuff, they can have more compassion for themselves too. So you try and name the emotion that you're feeling. Where do you feel it in your body? Is it in your chest? Is it in your throat? Is it in your shoulders? Do you feel like your muscles are tightening? Do you feel like your stomach is churning? Is your heart racing? It's basically like you t taking yourself outside of your body and kind of watching you go through this emotion. And when you do this, it kind of gives you authority over the emotion. Before you're at the effect of it, like I'm out of control, like there's nothing I can do about this. But when you do this practice, it kind of helps you have compassion for yourself and go, oh, that's what I'm feeling. Oh, that's it. It's just this emotion that's running through my body. 
everything is okay. And then understanding that it's a thought that's creating it. That's what I teach my clients is your thoughts create your emotions, which is so awesome, but it's something that we've never been taught. We want to think it's our kids that do something that make us feel a certain way. We want to make it mean our husband didn't do something for us, so we feel a certain way. But it's not the case. It's our thoughts about a different circumstance that's making us feel a certain way. It's so good to recognize that thought. It gives you all of your power back at the same time because now you don't have to wait for your kids to start listening to you. You don't have to wait for your kids to grow up to feel better. You don't need to wait for your husband to remember your birthday for you to feel better. You now have the ability to be like, oh, if I just change my thought, then I can feel better in the moment. So you just identify whatever that thought was that's creating that negative emotion for you and then go, okay, when I'm ready, and then sometimes you're not ready for a little bit. When I'm ready, I can change that thought to a new thought that's going to serve me better and help me have more compassion for myself and have the ability to control the situation a little bit better. Change the thought when you're ready, but you don't have to because a lot of the times my clients will be like, oh, I see what it is. Let's change it. Sometimes you're not ready to change that. Oh yeah, totally. I've been there where I'm like, no, I just want to be ticked right now for a minute. Yeah, but, yeah. but intentionally choosing that, I feel more in control because I know I can change it at any point. And this goes back so much to mindfulness, which I believe so much in, in living in the present and mindfulness. It's all interconnected. Yeah. I love it. Truth is truth, man. If there's a mom out there and she's feeling discouraged, first of all, I can relate with you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, we all need tune up sometimes. Sometimes it's smooth and it's gliding and other times it is hard and it can feel suffocating. So there's a mom out there that's feeling discouraged. What message of hope would you leave with them? I would love to just offer to you that nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with your experience. This is all part of the journey. Your child struggling and then you and your experience in the same time is all part of this journey. You are their guide, whatever that looks like. And you can love the life where you are, all of it. Even those days when you feel so lost and messed up or hurting because it truly is all meant to be. I would just encourage you just to inhale and exhale and breathe in actually the opportunity. These are the moments where you have a choice and a decision that you can experience motherhood exactly as it is. doesn't mean you need to do anything different. You are perfect just as you are. And your kids have you as their mom for a reason. There's nothing more that you need to do to be a better mom. You are 100% lovable exactly as you are. And I think that is something that we hear so many times from people is that you're 100% lovable, you're amazing, but we don't internalize it because we ourselves just don't believe it. We don't believe that what we're doing is good enough. But I want you to challenge yourself and just give yourself the opportunity to breathe a little bit and just say, what am I doing right? And even if it's for a moment, just like I got my kids up today and they had breakfast whatever that is. Or, you know, my kids survived for the day and allow yourself to just have that compassion for yourself and like, I'm doing this thing right because every single day doesn't have to be perfect in the course of what other people deem as perfect. Perfect for you is based off of your experience. That's perfect. You just need to understand that nothing is wrong. You are enough and you are absolutely amazing for your kids and for the experience that they need to have. And do you feel like you believe those thoughts for yourself? I do. I do find that I still waffle back and forth just like anybody else, but I now have the ability to be like, oh, I see what I'm doing to myself. And when I'm ready, I now have the ability to be like, okay, I'm ready to kind of jump out of this doom and gloom victim mentality and get back into pull up my sleeves and let's get going again. And let's start working hard as a mom again. 
Thank you for that hope. And I just so appreciate you sharing your personal story with it because it really shows how these tools in action have changed your life. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder, if you can please rate and review the podcast, we are getting close to that 100 number, which is super exciting for me. Thank you for reviews. I appreciate it. I love featuring you on here. If you want to support the podcast, you know where to go. I see podcast.com and you can see some different ways to do that. Just this last week, I had someone order a Compassion and Connection Black t-shirt and donate. Huge thank you to you. You know who you are. Next week, we are actually going to be talking with a guest about grief, how she has had to help her children deal with grief. And it's interesting because she has a personal perspective and she also has some really neat training that help her with that. And I think it'll be applicable for people not just that have a child with grief, but just children learning to deal with negative emotions and learning to be okay with negative emotions, which I know that you subscribe to that as well. Right, Chantel? Oh, yes, for sure. (laughs) We know all about it, right? Negative emotions. It's okay. It's okay to breathe through them. So I'm excited for that episode next week. Chantel, thank you for being here. Remind me where we can find you. I know your podcast is called Find Your Beautiful You and remind us your website. It's findyourbeautifulyou.com. Pretty simple. And then I've also got a Facebook group where people can come get coaching and also dive into this if they want to do that. So that's facebook.com slash groups slash bye bye tribe, F-Y-B-Y tribe. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really have loved it. My name is Julie Lee and I see you. Mm